Welcome back to the OPEX podcast where fitness is explained. I am your host, Robbie Burke, and I'm joined on today's show by the man himself, James Fitzgerald. On this episode, James and I have an in-depth discussion around the topic of maximum physical potential. This was an absolutely outstanding episode with James, guys. Stay with us. James, thanks so much for making time. I know you're super busy with everything going on over the last few weeks. You were in Manchester doing program design number one. You had the regionals with some of the athletes. Um, so aside from that as well, you have a ton of other things going on, like writing books and stuff and doing podcasts and just generally being James Fitzgerald, family guy, father and husband. What else has been going on? And maybe just update us. How, how was Manchester and how was the regionals? Yeah, Manchester was uh, great to see the uh, growing uh, interest in uh, personalized fitness and uh, also the growing interest in professional coaching that uh, I think it's really getting on board. You know, when I travel to different continents now, you can really feel an energy behind what I'm really inspired by, which is um, those coaches getting back to the front of fitness yeah. Um, so that's what I really felt in Manchester. Um, and the regionals, man, it just, you know, uh, I've experienced so many different fitness competitions before and it's come kind of numb to, you know, all the things that happen there. So I'm not really sure how to entail, you know, uh, the power of what goes on there, but it just to say it was really enjoyable, a great experience. And, if anything, I would I would say that uh, I'm really excited about the fact that I still am learning a whole lot of things um, about the competition in general, mindset preparation, and completionist um, complete, completing things. You know, so remember this is that's it's the end of something for some people. So now it gives you a big opportunity to debrief and look at the whole plan and look at the whole thing and say what's in, what's out. And, uh, I'm just very fortunate to be able to take a number of things from the regional and put it in my pocket to continue to improve myself as a person and a coach. Okay. So the topic I wanted to go with for today is, um, again, the one that's near and dear to your heart, maximum physical potential. But I think the more I hear you present on it, the more I understand where you're coming from. And in your latest talk on the knowledge series on the membership website, excellent, by the way, really, really was excellent. I, I've listened to it twice fully. And then I usually have it on the background, like if I'm like chopping up vegetables or something, prepping for my lunch, I turn it on and I had that today. So in that uh, presentation, um, you, you spoke about this concept of expressing maximum physical potential, being able to recover from it, and then does what you're doing now will it help you get to maximum physical potential or is it actually being detrimental? So let's just start there. What, 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 what's so important about this concept of being able to express it, recover from it, and does it, will it help us get to maximum physical potential? Well, I think by asking those questions, it allows people to formulate a, um, an effective plan for what they're doing to the person in training or what they're trying to do. And I think a lot of times we have knowledge of what should go into training but we really don't sit back and ask you know lots of those big questions before we actually start writing it and so those those three questions allow you know get coaches to that 
Um, and remember, theoretically, what I'm trying to consider here is the uh, uh, what I call maximum potential. You know, this is a it's an unknown, possibly unfelt phenomena. Mm -hmm. But you got to remember that every human does have you know, a maximum potential of some sort. Now I call it maximum physical potential because as you know, the connection between emotion and behaviors of the systems and whatnot, it all gets, it doesn't make it not right to discuss, but I just wanted to stay in the lane of physical ability. And I, I create the idea of this notion, which sport convolutes its idea, but I create the idea of this notion because it allows then a coach to try to fundamentally design a program and everything that wraps around that program to get someone to mm. the ability to express their maximum potential, right? Now, what we, what we know uh, creates us falling short of that. Again, it's not a judgment against it, but like in my conversation is, maximum potential reached based upon sporting situations before puberty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so like rhythmic gymnastics, some forms of dancing, figure skating, etc. you know, those, those, you know, individuals are not elite at the current accepted elite level in the world at 35 years of age. Right. So what, what allows this concept of potential to do is to recognize number one, you know, within a sport, it's like an ongoing search for the fastest version possible to that max potential, mm -hmm. right? But without recognizing the fact that, you know, without sport, if you were to just create movement solutions, various contractions, and broadest sense of fitness, there is peaks in a life of what that maximum potential is for what someone can do. Yeah. I know it's very loose, but I just frame it that way to allow coaches to figure out when they're starting with a 16 year old or a 54 year old is like, where do you sit on this? Because as we know, that has a large part to play with adaptation speed, um, you know, learning, you know, patterns of learning that are inside of them for 50 years that could be incorrect or correct. You know what I'm saying? So it just allows us to lay that on the table to kind of investigate. Well, what I, like what I actually really found interesting you, you, you've just mentioned it there but what really it only kind of like I only sort of absorbed it if you will was this idea that sport will actually inhibit you from reaching your true maximum potential because you know, people see sport at the elite level and say but that's their maximum potential You're like actually it's not no, particularly, no. particularly if they've fast tracked to there, as you mentioned with those other sports. But it really made me think, holy! And can I just ask this question? Is this why you do want to make fitness a sport in the Olympics? Because who knows where, what we could end up seeing then? If if we can get that into the Olympics and and allow a model in place that allows the volume and as you use the word scaffolding to be in place that needs to be in place for for years of motor control. So that we can put yeah. intensity on top of that. Do you want to maybe touch into that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm in fitness, so it's the game I play, right? And I'm sure there's, you know, colleagues and adversaries that do a great job in other sports of probably with the same idea in mind. But I have my hands wrapped in fitness, so that's what I want to do. But I also have a plan in mind of developing, you know, a massive opportunity 
for children and youth to develop, you know, a, a, a fantastic base of support and fitness, but it looks lot, nothing like the adult version of fitness competition. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I want to build that. Now I know based upon advertising and marketing and the fast track system and the sexiness of intense fitness, we're seeing it now getting pushed down into 13 year olds. And now, you know, I would say, you know, if we thought that, you know, 13 year olds playing seven hours of soccer a week were poor with screaming parents, mm -hmm. intense fitness for a 12 year old is 50 times worse. Because not only do you have pressures now of emotional pressures and social pressure and peer pressure, you have physical pressures now that distort this, this ability for them to get to this like, unyielding scaffolding of the word you've chosen to get to their potential. Mm. And so I, I feel Robbie, honestly, that's the only, I feel, you know, I'm, I, I kind of go crazy at times. Like I want to wrap my hands around all of it. And I feel, you know, more passionate about specialization and generalization, et cetera, and the human body and the, and biology, mm. but I just get so frustrated. So I just feel like I could sleep at night if I wrap my hands around being a part of fitness and trying to make an impact as much as possible so that, you know, kids, you know, find, find love really in fitness, you know, find, you know, project solutions in fitness and movement solutions in fitness um, and experiences that you and I know could go hand in hand with sporting environments. But there's a, you know, there's a, an idea of getting them to the right spot within fitness. And of course, that doesn't fall in line with like, sport preparation right so we'll contend with that when we when we get there um and the arguments will always be right it's like well james there's no way that we can like make someone as fit as possible the best athlete possible till 18 and then set them on their way to be elite as, as a sport um and that's a fair argument but i honestly don't give a shit because uh i'm more concerned about that individual being able to do whatever they want from 18 to 75 years of age. And I think that requires a better base support and not specialization. Just listening to your last presentation on the membership site in the last race. So again, it was on accumulation intensification. The, 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 it was funny because when you were putting it out on the social media, you were like accumulation intensification. Then when I went in to look for it, I was like, where is accumulation intensification? I was like, the last one says nurture on it. And then like, I, I was like, why nurture? And I clicked in and it made sense. That I watched it because of this kind of, there was this long-term athlete development sort of sense and essence about it. And I was like, oh, I see why it was called that now. But uh, just it, the, the talk reminded me of something that it's actually the only tag I have in this book. But from Verkashansky, like, I mean, this guy, like around decades, obviously he's passed away now, but in the special, mm -hmm. special strength training, mind for coaches, this will be in the show notes. Um, I have actually I have a tag here just going on this why like an intensity model um that is prescribed too soon will actually be detrimental to someone reaching their maximum physical potential. He actually says this in it. Uh it is actually one of his rules for for um for for physical preparation. So rule number four, keeping up training potential of the special strength training means, and he says here, special strength training means having a high prior having a high training potential must be gradually introduced to the training process after the training means ha, uh, training means having have a lowering training potential. But this is the part he talks about. So this is the part you'll love. First of all, this rule implies it is not appropriate to use high intensity training stimuli 
and then brackets he has training means having high training potential at the beginning of the training process multi-year process or preparation period since the organism just for people that want to know organism means human body with the russians uh, the organism is not ready from a functional point of view to give an adequate adaptive response to their use and he, then he goes on to say second the training effect of any means will decrease proportionally to the athlete's increase in level of special physical preparation in order to avoid the stagnation it is necessary to constantly gradually increase the training stimuli so basically says if you introduce intensity too soon you're gonna you won't get the maximum benefit of that intensity because you introduce it too soon to the stimulus yeah intensity is variation for the organism that can't express it i mean yeah. this is biological this is biological formation we're lucky enough that mentors like that have put it into reading so we can understand it but you know, it just goes to show you that those words were probably well accepted for many years, but mm. it just seems to like fall to the wayside because of commercial interests or, you know, these loftier goals of professionalism or, or uh, scholarship or whatever. And we work our way backwards to making it happen. You know, we're even trying to work our way backwards to make it work in academia. You know, it's like, oh, we found this research from 13 to 15 years old that kids should be participating in sprint and plyometric like activity. And that's what gets printed on like the muscle and fitness. Right. And so then your strength conditioning coach is like, well, I heard this research that says that this is what these kids are supposed to do, you know, and there's, there's no concept in mind of a base support of recognizing how the person adapts to the stress. And my point, which is, can they actually even express it? Mm. And if they're not expressing it, let's call it something which it is, which is, you know, fundamentally variation in movement solutions, and it's not actually plyometrics or sprint repeatability activity, right? That's an adult model that's placed on top of that. But we're trying so hard to like make businesses out of it and, and put it out to the media so people think we're smarter than others and we're going to take care of their kid and give them a scholarship. Um, when in the end, we should just call it what it is, which is we're allowing them to develop this opportunity of broad, inclusive fitness. Um, so that they can put up with whatever stressors they want, sport or life. It's it's kind of like because people take the textbooks too literal. It's like this is a lactic, but there was never that preface of if we're yeah. talking about this individual. Yeah. Exactly for a twelve-year-old, this is what looks like a lactic, right? For a thirty-seven-year-old football lineman uh, plays for the Baltimore Ravens, this is a lactic, yeah. you know. And then there's. And then it just doesn't stay, you know, something that's eight seconds. Um, it turns into like, well, like to my point, right? Can they express it? Can they recover from it? And does it lead to max potential? So right? then it allows you to refine what you should do in that program. So on that, on the, the, the Y X axis that you had up in the presentation. So, so, and I suppose if you're listening to this, you'd really need to see what I'm doing right now. But the intensity model gives you this sharper linear increase, but then it plateaus off. Um, it, it plateaus off pretty rapidly then, whereas the, the, the longer term game of where we, where we do motor control, where we put in the volume to allow us to support intensification, right? The, the, it, it doesn't have a sh as sharp linear increase, but it's going to give you uh, a longer adaptive capacity over time. Yes. Can, can, but but okay. less performance for those first couple of years. Yeah. Which is so you, get the, kid, which is you get the kid at 11, right? Like, here you go. You get a kid at 11 who plays soccer eight times a week, right? By 14, they're going to be a much better performing soccer player 
than the one who did it for two hours a week. Plus they swam, climbed, weight trained, played other sports, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. But then what happens at 15 years of age when they're trying to change up peak height velocity, weight, weight, peak weight, et cetera, et cetera, hormonal disruption, social acceptance, all that other shit, you know, they start to recognize that they don't have that potential that's increasing on such a fast scale as they did when they were 11 playing eight hours a week. Yeah. You see that? So it's the same thing for an adult. It just looks a little different. We talk about 11 year old versus someone who's 35 and just gets thrown into fitness. The question I was about to ask was, can that be regained? And if so, like, depending like upon depending upon age, chronological, biological age, um, that has a big part to play in that. Like, you know, with your, you know, investigation of skill acquisition, there's not a lot of research done on that because no one is proud of that fact. But practitioners who are coaches like myself would recognize that when people go fishing in a certain area, and I, I'm not going to use a good analogy for it, but they develop such bad patterns for so many years. Mm -hmm. They've created an entire compensating neural system, immune system, and psychological system to work their way into doing those tasks and that work, right? And so now you've got 12 years of embedded, you know, shit with the endocrine and autocrine system that says this is how, you're, this is how you do stuff. And then you assess and you're like, uh, no, we need to go way backwards, right? Mm -hmm. So can it be fixed? It certainly can. But remember, when people have been in that area for a long period of time, you got to pull the triggers. Like, do we just say fuck it and, and, and let it just burn itself out and say good luck with that? And just try to refine and do the half and half, which I've done before, which in the end doesn't work. Or do you just like pull it all back and start with some basics, you know, and start doing side bridges and, uh, and interior core activities and get shit in place before you get up to the fancy snatches and double unders. But that's not sexy, James. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it it's, uh, I, I get it. I get it. And, uh, you know, well, that's the, no, that's I, the resistance, brother. That's yeah. the resistance. It's like, well, what do you want to do? You want to be a part of the system? No, honestly, right? Do you want to be a part of the oh, system yeah. and be fraudulent? Now that you know, you can't turn your back on it. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, it, I can tell you that it's much sweeter on the other side. If a client doesn't want to do that, fire them. Mm -hmm. You know, get their ass out of your face because it's not worth spending time with people who can't take responsibility for digging themselves in that hole, number one. And number two, if they're not even willing to get educated enough to know how they got there, then fuck them, right? Let them figure it out for themselves. But if you know that, you know you got to go back, do it. Go back and rehab, rehab it, get it back into place, um, and uh, you'll find a much sweeter potential on the other side. It may take you a while, but that's the case. So the answer to your question depends upon chronological age, biological, and training age. That's what dictates yeah because just from my experience too that i i have seen that it, it can be gained back to a certain degree in terms of i've seen a lot of people who are you know can express a lot of force but they couldn't repeat it because they didn't have the volume in place so like their work capacity was poor and yeah. and we would then focus on work capacity and a lot of I, I took a lot of stuff out of joel jameson's work initially so a lot of peripheral development stuff mm -hmm. central if we needed so it was just your you know your, your aerobic your aerobic um aerobic development yeah, aerobic training. yeah true aerobic training um now yeah, uh, i generally work i'd say people should go polar that's the way i describe it is you mm -hmm. go completely polar so easy aerobic work and yeah. slow a uh, consistent resistance 
Yeah. It's like good resistance that doesn't create a massive over to undertaking for the CNS to handle. Yeah. You know, not bad positions, not bad mechanics, et cetera. Just good look for a good systemic response over there mm-hmm. and then go polar opposite in the conditioning for metabolic purposes. Um, but it's since Marcus and, and Mike, and I know it was originally, you know, your, 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 um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Brainchild. Um, you know, what my model looked like was like functional bodybuilding. When you guys are like, you know, it's tempo, it's control, it's tension. I was like, that's exa- I use what's called the tempo method. So it was like three down, three up. But it was to induce that one motor control. I was always like, the, the, the win win of this is motor control. Yep. It's, it's not brain demand. Like, so it's, yep. it's, reco- it's very recoverable. And then the peripheral aerobic development you get from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was always like my. Basically, that's what I always use as my means and methods for my work capacity within the resistance model. You know, obviously, there's other means and methods of aerobic development. But, sorry, the point that I'm slightly going, well, I'm not slightly going away, but the point being that I have seen people who are very strong, very explosive, can produce a lot of force, but weren't able to reproduce it or have the capacity because they didn't have that motor control slash work capacity volume put in to support that. So Yeah, the scaffolding, right, yeah. Exactly. The a question you actually brought up in in the in the lecture um in the talk and you actually said you, you said it could be a talk from today was the question is do you think people should get to their maximum physical potential like just a general population person like you were like that could be a conversation for another day whether someone should actually have to attain it um and is 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 the is the reason why you question that more so because does someone have to get to that physical potential to realize other aspects in their life, like emotional and spiritual, or, you know, is it just because it could, we don't know they could lead to just better all around living. Cause again, it would, it would bring down the threshold of everything else they do if they attained it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I really don't know the answer to that question, but it's a great, uh, we'll tease it out, structure our thoughts a little bit on it. Um, yeah. Cause I think there's some unknowns because we only, the only, you know, empirical evidence we have to go on are those that reach their max physical potential or close to their true max physical potential without sporting means. Um, and we just don't have a lot of, you know, knowledge of that. We know it does, as I said, it's a, it's a concept, right? We know it does exist. Um, and I think I just may leave it open for if people need to get there, uh, because we always have to attach function to the course of rising max physical potential. Um, which means that we always want to ask the question for people that are doing, you know, improvements in physical literacy, there is a point where, you know, the learning of it is starts to diminish and the intensity physically of it starts to rise. So, you know, there, there, it can't just be, you know, you can't just move and walk, just make it simple. You can't just walk forever and reach masculine physical potential. You actually have to climb, you know what I mean? You have to climb the contractions, the central nervous system ability, the ability to use fuels appropriately, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and have those peaks of, you know, let's call it three buckets, power, um, um, endurance, and speed, and have the ability to be able to do that at one point in time. I'm just not sure if it's going to be effective for health if it's in that area, right? So that's why I'm saying I'm not really sure if we need to go after that, but it still is a concept that exists for sure because the way I like to, you know, make make sense of it so I could, you know, at least uh, be comfortable in discussion is that 
you know, I'm 44, so I'm living it, right? You know, I'm not, I don't feel as vital as I did when I was 33, right? And so we just can't forget the fact that, you know, cells die and, and you know, organ systems don't work as effectively. Mm. And there are, you know what I'm saying? So if, if otherwise it would be like after three years of age, it's just like whoop, across the board, right? But it's not, you know, there is this, beautiful opportunity, right, for these, you know, maximal reproduction and survival mechanisms to have a peak. And I'm ear quoting now, a peak, yeah. right? So whatever people are like, well, I don't know what it means. And it doesn't exist. It's like, well, it's been inside of us and in our systems and measured and visible for fucking hundreds of millions of years, maybe only measured for the past 80 years in the science uh, science move or since the 70s i guess you could say since the science move but um yeah well it's uh that's that was my exact thought and that's why i wanted to ask you the question because that was the question i had in my head it was like well w- would attaining maximum physical potential would that would there not be a trade-off then there with vitality i was kind of thinking on our spectrum yeah that's that and again we don't know we don't know it's just no. we're yeah, just going, we're going back to your point there about like aging and well according to fucking harari he's like uh we we homo we, deus we might survive longer than we yeah, think that's that's uh yeah we'll see i'm actually 33 years of age do you want to look like this folks yeah yeah i heard you on um a podcast there lately uh oh which one was it it'll come I'll, I'll check it up before we go anyway but the guy uh, the guy who was presenting he goes uh he goes, he goes, what age are you? And you're like, I'm 44. And he goes, don't look at the over 33. And he goes, you can't even see me. He goes, I've seen, I've seen pictures. And he goes, I'm 30 in that. And he goes, I, I follow you on Instagram. I see you. <laughs> We're so good. Yeah. But, uh, finally, yeah. Uh, last little thing here. Um, another thing you mentioned, and just so the viewers know, I was told to mention this by our editing team. I take notes and grab books, and it looks like I'm, I'm zoned in and out, but uh, I'm not. I'm fully focused. It's just I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've, yeah. a, I've ADD, just so people know. Thank you. Um, you talk about the storybook. I actually like that analogy. So, again, going back to the uh, um, Y-X-axis that you, you drew up on the whiteboard, I suppose what will be good for the viewers in a future episode is maybe even having, like, we screen share and could show something on a PowerPoint or something. Yeah. You know, it'd be good visual for them. But, uh, you know, you spoke with the storybook of the beginner who is down more towards the zero on the Y X axis compared to someone who's become more advanced and elite and their storybook. And basically the storybook for a beginner is they just live in accumulation model control. Whereas when they get more to that advanced level, you'd have that lovely word of variance. You use mm-hmm. that CCP to he's like, now, now these people, need variance and they also deserve variance and then you kind of went yeah. into high low so maybe just, yeah. just 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 touching that because i think what people need to understand is i've made this mistake and, and in fairness you you said the same thing and you're me like, too you're like, yeah I had your hand up and you look at these models and you go oh high low and, and it's like you see this person they're brand new like they're a newbie and it's like they're doing high low models and it's just like they don't need that they, they, no. they don't need that at all so maybe no. just go into the storybook Analogy. Yeah, well, well, first, it's actually not even the high-low that's promoted to the main new audience. It's actually the advanced model. That's the mm. sickening thing. So, you know, I would say if we actually did invent a high-low system for most people in fitness, even who are new, we may actually result in being better off because they would have a recognition of the benefits of the low aspects of their activity and how it's improving motor control. That's besides the point. But so this idea is to 
what, what I use in terms of storybook is, you know, every person has their own story of this evolution of maximal potential. And that's important to recognize that there's not one curve that everyone sticks to, yeah. right? Like there's indirect, you know, like for kids from zero to, you know, nine years of age, the, like it's like an exponential increase in, you know, inches grown per year, right? But then after that, it almost levels off for a couple of years until max height potential with, bio, with you know, endocrine changes, et cetera. Um, and then it changes again for a lifetime and actually goes down over time, right? So, you know, those are just normative figures for humans. But I draw that up just so people could think about, you want to think about this as like, what is my fitness training, not for sport, what is my fitness training and my movement program? What should it look like forever? Mm. Now that's such a brain stretch for people, right? Yes. But I believe you have to consider that, right? Like my my own little personal thing I'm doing now is I think I'll get 14,000 exercise sessions in a row and I'll probably die a good death at 82 if I if I reach 82 depending upon what he says in in homo due. Um, you know, maybe I'll have extra limbs that I can just attach myself but uh, my point is is that you know, I'm living it now and I'm speaking the story of like what, what that story looks like and what would, a, what would a great idea look like for a story of a lifetime of fitness. Now, when people enter into that, what I'm trying to do is create heuristics for coaches around what are the things that they need most and what are the main limitations for them to improve for that entire journey. Those are the two caveats, right? What do they need to improve most and what's the main limitation? And so when people are starting out, the biggest limitation is not that they don't have enough weight around, right? Again, it goes back to the biological process that the main thing that limits them from improving not only currently, but forever in the storybook is motor control for multiple different reasons and motor control can be named seven different ways as I'm sure you've recognized in the, in the books you've been in for the past couple of months, right? There's all different kinds of names for it. I just call it motor control. It could be muscle endurance, could be connectivity, neural inputs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not based with a massive volume of intensity. We'll call it what it is. And you can actually get quite strong, improve uh, effectively, and build a great base for your max potential long term when you spend most of your time here. Now, I call that accumulation because accumulation really sits well with developing skills, increasing volume, repetitions, motor control, et cetera, et cetera. But then as people, now remember this is the story, now that person's been doing this for a while, right? So they've been trying to figure these things out, they're starting to develop a nervous system, and on top of that, so, I'm not going to attach timelines because remember I just said that the maximal activation of let's call potential for the central nervous system is actually quite well researched now, which is prefrontal cortex maximization around 25 years of age and even longer for plasticity. So people are like, oh, so at 16 you can reach that? It's like, well, not really. You're attempting it, but you're not reaching it. So over time when you're developing this motor control, there's going to come a time where your brain can turn that motor control work, because of all of its repetitions it's achieved, it can turn it into a metabolic environment. Now, this is not good or bad, but it's an indication now that that motor control is learned and they're adapting faster to movement solutions. Therefore, the challenge you need to provide at this point in time is a variance 
intention. So the next limitation for these people over time, again, is not the most heavy weights not being around, or they don't have stones to lift, or they don't have competitions to do. No, the main limitation for them now is doing not only motor control, but some form of intense contractions, which is now called a variance in what they're doing for their contractions. Now you can suppose to imagine, well, what's the next level? Well, the next level is when people have lots of variations, contractions, great motor control, and they're getting closer and closer to this, what we're presuming to call a maximal, right? Then at that point in time, the main limitation for those people actually is not still, there's not enough heavy weights around. It's how can they express lifting that heavy weight as effectively as possible? So the main limitation for people that are way up there, which is what everyone is screaming about today, is the central nervous system's effect on being able to actually do it and do it at a repetitive state. Like you just said earlier, you recognize one guy who got to a peak, but he couldn't repeat it. You know why he couldn't repeat it? Because he didn't have the base built mm -hmm. to get to doing that peak. So what's the limitation up there? It's the central nervous system that limits the expression at that point. So what are these people doing here? They're watching their nervous system very carefully. They're capable of expressing really tough contractions. They're capable of doing strength endurance or, you know, tension, and they're capable of doing motor control. Why? Because they built that entire base support to get to there. Now, the sweetest thing about that is that that person can have great peaks, but they'll also recover really well from those great peaks. This person will also recover faster between any perturbations in the system, diseases, motor control issues, pain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then on the other side of it, and I'm hoping I'm not being too lengthy on it, but the other side of it is very interesting in terms of our unknowns on the other side of it. Because let's just think about this, Robbie, for sport mastery and physical literacy mastery. Mm -hmm. What happens, which I'm going through, what happens and what are the main limitations when people have already reached a max peak, right? Because in my mind, and this may sound a little un uncomfortable for some people, but when I was done with my sporting career, it's a very depressive state where you question, why else should I live? Like, what's the purpose of living if I don't have that massive connection to a physical peaking ability, right? Because there is a downside where you just have to resist entropy for the next fucking how many years, right? And for some people, including myself at the time, that was very uncomfortable to deal with. So what is the limitation on the other side? It's your emotional connection to what can be. So it's very, it's very normal that with the loss you have in physical potential on the other side, it's a gain that you get in terms of the connection of, let's call it something that's not physical, a non-physical element that connects to the physical element. And so on this other side, I'm not doing intense shit anymore. Ironically, I'm going back to wearing diapers. I'm doing lots of motor control activity. I'm doing, I'm resisting entropy. I don't want the hill to slide down. And so that's what the program should look like. Again, it's not limited by how much weight I can lift. That's what fucking people need to recognize, right? It's not the intense program on any of these. It's how you find the limitations as to where you sit on that story. Um, and maybe in 20 years, I'll have a slightly different story on the other side of that curve that I could share with people, but I'm really only living it to explain it. But up to that point in time, I, I, want, I want everyone to think about that. I know we're short in time here, but just 
listening to you talking there, like a lot of light bulbs have sparked off in my head, usually my, my Irish connector brain. <laughs> but just going back to like skill acquisition and we're talking about people who are or athletes who, who are at that stage on that curve where they deserve to be, they deserve variance, you know, because again, they can express it, recover from it, and it's helping to lead their higher, their maximum physical, physical potential to a higher level. The one thing, you, I don't know if you kind of touched on it there, but one thing I'm thinking about is perceptions and actions again, going back to skill acquisition, because again, if your perceptions, which can change moment to moment, like if if they're in such a, a a variation of state, well then like that's another thing that's going to go into your maximal potential being able to you know increase and 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 be be variable again moment to moment. Because again, I was guilty of this too, as you just mentioned there. I just thought it was like more quantitative overload, more quantitative overload. We were just thinking about the physical capacity, mm-hmm. like a strength or a, a power or a speed indicacy, and it's just like. You're not considering the perception, action, coupling here that also on the emotional state of this and how that's going to also impact expression of any sort of motor control, skill, physical capacity in any given moment in time. So even just taking that part of it, and it's just funny that you mentioned the emotion then that's going to come at the other side of this curve and avoiding entropy. Again, that's probably going to come into perception again like because again when you're 60 years old it's like i used to be able to squat 400 or, or pull four or whatever 500 it's like that your perception is that's not there anymore and now it's just now like it's like and i don't need to do that either because that's not what i that's not what i'm not competing in it it's not leading to vitality i need to be doing more of this again so it just makes me think even more about that type of angle yeah, I just thought of Tom Brady when you said it. I don't know if you're aware of him for a quarterback in the NFL. And oh, all he, things he's aside, known, he's known around. Okay, okay. Well, all things aside, I mean, there are examples, and I know because it's like 0.1 percent, and he's special and a unicorn. That doesn't mean we turn our back on the possibilities of that. Hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's it, James. Um, one other thing I was going to say to you was uh, speaking about being 82. I thought your plan was to get off here and go to Mars, Elon Musk. Well, that's true. Um, I'd still be 82. There'll still be a chronological age I know, to it. I know. You might even speed up. Would it speed up on Mars? Well, we'll be living Listen, indoors. if I can fight off shit at 82 on Mars, how about that? I think that's a good, uh, that's a good goal. As long as I can come, I'm happy enough. All right. uh, that's all I got for you. The last thing is, what books are you reading right now, Sa? I just finished up uh, Athletic Movement Skills um, by uh, Clive Brewer. Uh, that was uh, one that had just caught, caught my eye at Barnes & Noble when I was over there. Um, I was doing a rehash of some points inside of the athletic skills model, which you're aware of. That's one that you mm-hmm. – um, I don't know if you and I went back and forth on if it was a recommendation or not. Um, and I'm finishing up some of the tabs that you forced me to go back to read on skill acquisition and sport. Sweet. Sweet. All right, James, thanks a million. And for all the viewers and listeners, everything will be up in the show notes that you mentioned books-wise. Also, make sure you check out opexfit.com if you want to check out the CCP, which is, it's obviously going to sound biased because, I mean, you're the founder and I do the podcast, but OPEX is, <laughs> yeah, OPEX at CCP is excellent. And the 2017, the new version is excellent too it's just brilliant so james thanks a million um and uh guys thanks for listening and thanks for watching i know the video was a wee bit choppy there at the start but we can't control technology all you can do is control your own emotions perceptions 
thanks man for listening thanks for watching make sure to subscribe to us on whatever podcast app is on youtube so for me see you guys so oh.